Now, I know a lot of time on a day like the day when we have a day like a day, we like lay back. But God gave us something today. We're not here just to be here. We're here to celebrate what God gave us. And so we who come to church today, we want to make sure that the people who watch our television broadcast understand what God gave us today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say who God gave us today. A lot of people just say, well, God gave us his son. Yes, he did. But you got to understand that it goes farther and deeper than that. You know, God reconciled us to himself. You know, God gave us his mercy, and that's what we're going to show you today. And we're also going to show you God gave us his love. See, his, his love was given to us 2,000 years ago. It's not like he got to give it to us. He's already given it to us. We just need to know what it is and respond to it. Now, remember what God said he want you to do. I, I can't do this for you. But, but the Bible told us here in Romans chapter 15 and verse number 9, he told us what he wanted the Gentiles to do. Now, everybody who was not a Jew was a Gentile. Because remember, God's grace was given to the Gentiles. And, and here in verse number 9, once again, he says, he also came so that the Gentiles, now listen to something. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercy to them. See, so this is what you're supposed to do in response to what God has given to us. God has given us his son, yes, but God gave us his mercy. All of this is in his son, all right? Now, I want to go over to Ephesians uh, chapter number one. Ephesians chapter number one. Why did God do this? Uh, let me show you something before I go to Ephesians. Let me show you something else first. Let's go to Psalm 50 and verse 23. Before we go to Ephesians <clears throat> chapter one. We're going to go to Psalm and look at verse chapter 50 and verse 23. So you got to know, I'm showing you the word. I'm going to show you the word exactly what God wants you to do. So many times people come to church and they say, Lord, Pastor, what do God want me to do? This is what he wants you to do right here. Now, I know a lot of people do other things, but this is what God wants you to do right here. Psalm 15, verse 23. Who shall offer his praise? Now, remember, we just got through saying what he wants the Gentile to do. Verse 9 again, he also came so the Gentile might give glory to God. Now, if you're going to give glory to God, how do you give glory to God? Here it is. Who shall offer praise? Glorify me. The way you, way you give glory to God is you give him praise. Who shall offer praise? Glorify God. All right. So I want you to see that one verse. Now, right there in, the, in, in the, another chapter, right next to that, I want to I deal with that verse right now also uh, because it talks about chapter 15, verse, chapter 51, verse 15. You right there, chapter 51. We're in Psalm. <clears throat> Psalm 51, 15. Watch what it says. 
O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. So really, people cannot show forth God's praise until God opens their lips. So how, how does God open your lips? See, we're going to show you that. And, 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 and no man can do this unless God do a work in him. So we're going to go back and begin to show you, and we're going to deal with the word today, created. So you want you write that down, created. And I'm going to show you, you are the, we are the people who God talked about in the old covenant. Created. Now, we're going to start off with Psalm 102.18 while we're in Psalms. Psalm 102 and verse 18. We're going, to, we're going to show you the word. Psalm 102 and verse 18. Why did God create you? Why were you not born in the old covenant? Why did God create you in the new covenant? Here it is. Psalm 102 and verse 18 said, This shall be written for the generations to come. And the people which shall be created. Somebody said, that's me. If you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, I'm not going to go through uh, today. I can't, I just, you just got to be, want to be you, you know. If you created, just say, that's me. All right. This shall be written for the generations to come. And the people which shall be created, say, that's me, shall praise the Lord. So if you already that person that has been created, see, we, we are created in Christ. We, we claim salvation. We say we are the body of Christ. This is what God wants from you. See, I'm going to show you, but he can't do it until he opened your mouth. And when he opened your mouth, it's when he created you. So you have to see that same thing as a baby born. You don't have to teach a baby to say nothing. Soon that baby's born, that baby's going to let you know I'm here. It's the same way it is when you're born again. You're created. Now you open your mouth and you begin to praise the Lord. All right. Now, I'm going to show you a little more of that as we go along. So those that are created, the people who shall be created, that's me, shall praise the Lord. Now, let's go to Isaiah 43, 21. You right there, Psalm, go forward. Uh, past proverb and Solomon, we're going to go to Isaiah. And you want to look at chapter 43 and verse 21. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 21. See, God created you. He formed us. And watch what he's going to say in Isaiah 43, 21. This people have our form for myself. That's why you call the body of Christ. And now what he said, that they should show forth my praise. So your responsibility is to show forth God's praise. Now, God wants us to do it from the fruit of our lips. He wants us to open our mouth and he wants us to tell him thank you for his mercy. Would you do that with me this morning? I, 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 hope, I, hope, 
I hope this servant gets so until nobody got to ask you to do this. It'll be something you want to do because you didn't really have to be here. Somebody say amen. amen. See, we, 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 we're, praying. we're praying for people right now that's in the hospital. Part of this body. One of them is Sister Flo Tonnesey. Sister Flo Tonnesey is in downtown Pontiac, intensive care. See, you want to trade, trade places? See, the key is God has been good to us. Don't, don't let outside bother because we did all that last night. I mean, it was, it was just like, wow, last night. Sidewalk, parking lot, came back this morning. Wow. So we're working on it. But right now, don't let that mess with your spirit. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Thank, thank him for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. All right, now, now let's go. Let's go to uh, Ephesians, because I want to show you something in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to show you uh, this out of the NLT. I want to read that out the NLT, because the first 12 verses, I'm going to start verse 6, though. But the first 12 verses, really he's talking to uh, Israel, and then they're going to switch over and start talking to to the Gentiles. That's how you have to understand when you say right to divide the word of truth. Uh, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to go down and start reading verse number 6. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Because when you begin to see what God has done, he wants in return our praises. That's what he wants. He wants our thanksgiving. He wants us to bring that praise into the house of the Lord. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 6. We're going to look at that first in the NLT. So we praise God for, the, for his glorious grace. That's his mercy. That's his love. He has poured out on us who belong to a dear son. And verse 7 says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with, his, with the blood of his own son. And he forgave our sins. He has shown his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and in earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. We have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Verse number 12, God purposed that we Jews, see first you're going to talk about the Jews. God purposed that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. Now, I'm going to show you 
They didn't do it. They were chose to praise God and they didn't do it. Now is your time. See, God got somebody coming up after you. So that's why, that's why there have been the other folks here before you. See, this is what God been wanting people to do for him. And so because of all he's done, but we've been, we real cool. God give us the job. He give us the job we really want. He give us the money. He give us the house. He give us the cars. And you know what we do? We get cool on God. We get cool on God. Listen, let me tell you something. You ought to be the loudest somebody in the house. Can't nobody keep you from thanking God because you got everything to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 13, and now, he's going to skip over the Gentiles. And now, that's why we always read verse 13 and 14, because now he moves to the Gentiles. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves us. I know the old, it says S-A-V-E-S, but really S-A-V-E-D. Saved us. He saved us. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised, watch this, long ago. The Spirit of God, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he would give us the inheritance he promised. We talked about that last week, 1 John 2, 25, eternal life. That he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we, Gentiles, would praise and glorify God. Come on, we're going we're gonna to do it all day today. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He saved you so we would praise and glorify God. Don't have to be at the ball game. I don't have to be at the ball game. Thank God for all those who pray and, and who praise and, and glorify those people who, who they, they look at, that's my guy. They just scored a touchdown and they stand. That's all right. But I got a champion. I got somebody who already have fought and won the battle for me. And I want everybody to know, I know what God gave me today. God gave me his mercy. Let, let me tell you what this mercy is. You, you can write this down. See, so many people don't know what mercy is. In the Old Testament, they had a mercy seat. And you could not get mercy unless you go inside of the holy place and they had to go to the mercy seat. And the reason why it was a mercy seat, it covered... Israel's sin. It covered Israel's rebellion. The mercy seat was a large gold plate that covered the Ark of the Covenant. What the cherubims were on were called the mercy seat. Well, inside that chest, they put three things in there. And that was the word of, of God, which Israel broke. And, and then they put the showbread in there 
the golden, I'm sorry, the golden pot of manna, which Israel murmured about. See, they, they, they missed it. Three things. And then God put in Aaron's rod that buddy, which represent Christ's death, burial, resurrection. Paid for the three things that they murmured about. Inside that Ark of the Covenant, God put a mercy seat on the top and put cherubim's wings so they could only get mercy when they came to the ark. As a matter of fact, I want to show you in the word that this same ark was called God's footstool. I, I know that's a, a little rich for this time of the morning. But that mercy seat was fulfilled by Christ. I want to say that again. That mercy seat was fulfilled by Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of God's mercy seat. So we don't have a mercy seat no more. See, the mercy seat is where they came to worship. The mercy seat is where they came to get forgiveness. So that's why Christ now is the fulfillment of God's mercy seat. So when a person won't receive Christ, they don't receive mercy. And everybody who have already received Christ Jesus in their heart as they Lord and Christ, believing Christ died for your sin, believe God was buried him in your place and God raised him from the dead. Now, because of that, you have obtained mercy. And your job is to make sure you never forget that to thank God for his mercy. Every day you get up, you have received the forgiveness of sins. What God paid for on your behalf, past, present, and future. So you'll never got to be worried about offering up a bull, a goat, a sheep, a turtle, dove, a pigeon. You never got to be worried about your sins no more. You can get up every morning and the first thing you do is thank God for his mercy. I'm going to show you in the word of God. Matter of fact, I'll show you this right quick. Psalms 106 and verse 1. Psalm 107 and verse 1. The only thing that you're going to find out that they kept talking about is his mercy. And this is why David was not killed, because David found mercy. And this is why you are living today. You don't realize it, but the only reason you are here today is because of God's mercy. Now, if you're going to praise him, praise him. Don't just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't no praise. Thank him. Don't, 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 don't just say something to go with me. You thank God yourself. That's praise. Not somebody talking to you and you, yeah, yeah. That ain't no praise. See, praise is thank you, Lord. You have to open your mouth and thank God. When somebody hand you something, you thank God. When somebody give you something, you thank him for it. That's praise. Or you can get up and run around in the service if you want to and, and, and dance before the Lord. You can do it all in this service because it's your expression of how good God has been to you. Yeah, you, 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 this is what this is all about. This is what this is all about. Look at Psalms. 
And that we're going to look at two verses, 106.1 and 107.1. Just two verses. You can read the rest of them. They're all good. Psalm 106 says, praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks. He's telling you what praise the Lord is. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Watch this. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. That word endureth means whatever you come up against, God's mercy will endure it. Whatever you go through in your everyday life, God's mercy will endure it. His mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good. Can somebody say hallelujah? For his mercy endureth forever. I, I'm going to read that out of the NERT. See, we don't understand. When you say God's mercy, that means you're going through something. You, got, you don't get that part yet. I'm not there yet. But when you say God's mercy endureth forever, that word endure means outlast whatever you're going through. Oh, hallelujah. So whatever you're going through, God's mercy outlasts that. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about my sister Floretta right now. Hallelujah. And I believe that's what we have to do is thank God. If you don't want to thank God for yourself, thank God for Floretta and thank God for mercy. Come on, let's act, let's act like we sit in some mercy over there. Hallelujah. Lord, have mercy on Floretta. I'm going to show you how people got, got delivered. They went to God and they asked God for mercy. And if you already got it, all you need to do is begin to thank God for what he's already done. He's already given you his mercy. When you can't take no more. Some of y'all don't remember this in cartoon. I stood all I can stand and I can't stand no more. That means you stop right there and begin to thank God for his mercy because his mercy endured forever. Otherwise, it outlasts whatever you're going through. Watch this. Praise the Lord. I'm reading out the NLT. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His faithful love. See, that's mercy. His faithful love endureth forever. His faithful love endureth forever. Psalm 107, verse 1. Same way. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His faithful love. See, that's his love. Like I said, his mercy is his love. His mercy is his grace. His mercy is his faithfulness. His mercy is the fruit of the Spirit, his patience. All these things is his love. See? So that's what you got to understand. Whatever you're going through, that's what mercy is there for. And I'm going to show you that everybody that had a situation that they could not get out of, they got out of it when God gave them mercy. Oh, my God. I'm showing you how to get free up in this place right now. I'm showing you right now. I, I don't know. I don't know. Are you able to hear what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, somebody's going to hear this tape. Somebody's going to be going through something like David. And I'm going to show you David came to a place where he was almost dead. He came to a place that the enemy had him surrounded. And I'm going to tell you, he 
I'm telling you, I learned out. I learned how David got out of his situation. He told God that if if you kill me, if you let him kill me, who's going to praise you? Find, find that for me, wife. I'm going to tell you, that's in the Bible. He, he told God, if, you, if, if they kill me, who's going to pray? If I die, who's going to praise me? As a matter of fact, he told God to keep me alive so I can praise you. The dead can't praise you. So you got to understand something. Why you have your being, why you have your health and your strength, you ought to do God a favor. You ever want to give God, you ever want to give God anything? Well, there's not many things God said he wanted. God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. But he do want you to give him praise and thanksgiving. I'm talking about for what he's already done for you. This ain't no cute day today. This is this. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to show you in the word of God. Uh, God footstool. See, this is this is this is where God footstool used to be at. It used to be. Uh, let me show it to you. First Chronicles 28, one and two. Let me show it to you. You can mark in your Bible. I like to show you everything. We're going to look at first Chronicles. Now, you got to go way back before Job now to get the Chronicles. First Chronicles. Chronicles really is another book of the kings, history of the king. First Chronicles 28, verse 1 and 2. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> I'm going to read out the King James. And David assembled all the princes of Israel. Watch this. He got all the princes of Israel the princes of all the 12 tribes, he got the captains of their company that ministered to the king, uh, king course, the captains over thousands, captains over all the hundreds. He got all the stewards over all the substance of, and possessions of the king. He got all their sons. He got all their officers. He got all the mighty men with all the valiant men of Jerusalem, brought all of them together. And verse number two, this is what David said. Then David, the king, stood up up on his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. As for me, I had in mind to build a house of rest for the Lord. This, this is what I always want to do. I want to be able to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord. For the footstool of our God. See, he's telling you what the ark is. Say it with me. It's the footstool of our God. See, that's where God stood. That's where God stood on the ark. That's where his feet print was. So they knew when they come to the ark, they came to God. It was called a footstool of God. Now, Jesus, Jesus mentioned that. Uh, let me show you what happened in Lamentation. Go back to Lamentation. Let me show you. Lamentation, you think about Jeremiah, right? It's the book Jeremiah wrote, which is Lamentation chapter 2. Lamentation means they lamented because they were in bondage, called Lamentations. Lamentation chapter 2 and verse number 1. See, Israel, why were they in captivity? Why were they in bondage? Why did the book of Lamentation record what they did? You know why? They didn't praise it. See, you have an opportunity 
to praise God. I'm going to show you why God gives some people everything to ask for. See, you didn't get it. If you don't learn nothing else, learn how to get what you need from God. When, Pete, when God give you something, he want everybody to know what he done for you. Now, you might not want to tell nobody. That's up to you. But there ought to be somebody in your life that you can trust with your information. Tell somebody. Look at somebody. You got to tell somebody. I didn't say tell everybody. But there ought to be somebody in your life that you just can't hold it. Look at somebody and say, I can't hold it no more. Right, you just, see, that's how it is. Something that God do for you, you can't hold it no more. You have to find somebody that's close to you who, can, who you can witness to so you can be able to tell them what God has done. But you got to tell somebody. Hallelujah. God get ready to put you in a brand new house. Can't you tell somebody? God get ready to put you or just put you in a new house or just put you in a new automobile or just got through giving you a 2000 or give you, let me put, let me see, just give you a raise on your social security the first of the year, you know, whatever it is. You got to learn how to tell somebody. God want other folks to know he's good and his mercy and do it forever. That's what God wants. Lamentation chapter 2 and verse 1, King James. Watch what happened to them. How has the Lord covered the daughter of Zion? With a cloud in his anger. See, that's what happened to them. They had already have been put in punishment because of God's anger. Let me show you why. And he cast down, and they were cast down from heaven to the earth. He's talking about Israel, Jerusalem. They were not able to go back there no more. They were cast down. And the Bible said, the beauty of Israel. And then it said, it, the reason why is, and remembers not. They remembered not. This is why they end up in their situation. They remembered not his footstool. Now, I just told you what his footstool is. I, I just got through reading it. I told him, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to say, First Chronicles 28, 1 and 2, and I'm going to tell you it's the Ark of the Covenant. You write that down. I come right back and ask you what this first two. See, so you got you to be obedient to what I'm telling you if you're going to ever learn. So otherwise, it's the Ark of the Covenant. You need to write that in your Bible. You can't remember everything with your head. You, you're not an A student in school, remember? But they remembered not his footstool in the day of his anger. They did not remember his mercy and do it forever. They did not remember to go in and talk to the Lord and ask for mercy. They didn't remember. See, that's what happens when you get in trouble and you can't get out is because you have not understood how to get out. When you want God's mercy, let me, let me tell you, let me give you some definition for the word mercy. The word mercy means compassion. Let me give you a lot of them. I want to give you a lot of them. I want to give you so many of you will never forget the word mercy again. It's the outward manifestation of pity. The outward manifestation of pity. 
So when you start talking about mercy, mercy is the act and attitude of God towards the undeserving, the guilty. How does God act toward the undeserving and the guilty? He has mercy. God compassion, that's what mercy is. His loving kindness is. It's his love for you. His grace, his patience, his pity shown to an offender. God's grace, mercy, love, his pity shown to an offender. Here's a person who have lived against God all their life. And one day they get out. They get out in one day. Everybody else think they should be locked up. But God got them out in one day. How did they get out in one day? They found God's mercy. And how do I know that? The man I'm preaching about, that's what happened to him. He found mercy. Why do you think Noah wasn't killed? With all the people of the world, Noah didn't die. Why? He found grace. He found God's mercy. The only reason you are here today, I don't think you understand. You are not that good. You think you're that good. You ain't that good neither. I don't care if your name is Pastor and Mrs. Earl Crump. We ain't that good neither. The only reason we are here today is because we found God's mercy. God had mercy on us. That's the only reason he left us here. Whole lot of people gone that's better than us. But God left us here. Whole lot of people gone that's better than you. But God left you here. I really believe that you're going to learn that you owe God a praise. And I believe you're going to come to a place in the Old Testament, they call it paying your vows. That's what they call in the Old Testament. Old Testament, they said we're going to pay our vows. See, them vows that you vowed to the Lord when you was in trouble. And God got you out. When you was in debt, God got you out. When you didn't have no money, and God got you out. When you needed a loan from a brother, and God got you out. See, all those things about you, your body was aching and pain. Nobody would understand, but God heard you. And he wants you to give him his praise. He wants you to give him his glory. He doesn't care about Sunday. He doesn't care about no Christmas day. He just wants somebody who's not ashamed to tell him thank you for what he has done for my soul. Oh, I believe we're going to get a witness. We're going to get somebody in here today who want to tell God thank you. You just came through zero degree temperature. Your thermostat could have gone out. Your furnace could have went out in the middle of the night. You, but God didn't let it happen. I'm going to tell you something else. God allowed us to have about three days of cold weather. 
but all next week, starting Wednesday, it's going to be in the 50s. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. Starting this Wednesday, you're going to have 50 degrees for another week. And you tell me you can't tell God, thank you. When we come here New Year Sunday next week, it will be 50 degrees or more. Don't let the cold wind fool you. God want to know where you're praising. Whole lot of folks say I'm going to church Sunday, but when they got up this morning and saw a little extra dust on the ground, they changed their mind. But when you call on God and God's always there for you, don't forget, don't be like these people in Lamentation. They forgot where God's foot stood. They forgot to cry out for mercy. Oh my God, my God. You got to cry out for mercy. I'm going to show you some folk who didn't mind by crying out for God's mercy. We're going to go, we go, see, I got, I got so many notes, I got notes on my notes. When God began to show me, let me show you what God did. Let me show you what God did. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. In the book of Titus chapter 3, see, a lot of people don't, don't understand. This is something that God is helping me to do. You know, I haven't joined the choir, nothing like that, but become an appraiser, but in my own everyday life. I'm learning how to thank God every day. Because I'm going to tell you, the older you get, the more praises should come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 3. And we ourselves, now this was the Apostle Paul, we're waiting on our screen. And we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lusts and pleasures and living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. Do that sound like anybody in here? Well, I know, I, I know y'all cool on me. That's why I keep telling you. You know, I'm going to say, Lord, that was me. See, there ain't no shame in my game. I wasn't living for God. So you're going by, oh, I didn't do that one, I didn't do that. It doesn't make any difference. I, I, the whole list probably was my life. It ain't my life no more. That was the old man. But the Bible said, but after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards men appeared. Why would it say in verse 5? Not according to works. Not, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Watch this, watch this. But according to his mercy, he saved us. I don't have to read no more of that. Come on, I'm going to tell you one more time. How did God save you? He saved you according to his mercy. That's why Christ is the fulfillment of God's mercy. According to God's mercy, he saved us. Thank him, thank him for your mercy. Come on, thank him for his mercy. According to God's mercy, he saved me. So I know some of y'all think you ain't did nothing. Think you ain't dead nothing. And don't realize that you, you're not saved because you're so good. But since God saved you, you ought to be grateful. And when you're grateful, you don't mind by saying thank you. Anytime God, somebody give you something you know you don't deserve, at least you could give them something back. 
You don't deserve getting no brand new home, brand new car, wearing a brand new outfit just about every Sunday at church. You don't deserve all that. But God didn't give it to you because you deserve it. He gave it to you because of his mercy in your life. Look at somebody and say, God, good to me. See, you don't have to worry about nobody else when it comes down for you thanking the Lord because he's good to me. If nobody prays him, I'm going to be a praiser. That's what David says. David, that's why David began to be a praiser. Because somebody had to praise him. And David said, might have been me. David grabbed the flute, the harp, everything else because he began to praise God. And God showed him how to play it. So here in verse number five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Past tense, he saved us. Now, if you haven't received it, that's what you got to do today. All right, going to show you one more. Let's go, to, let's go to one more. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. Back up. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8 and verse 9. I don't care how bad it is outside. I'm going to church. And I'm not going to church for you. I'm going to church because somebody been good to me. And I refuse to stay at home. I want him to know I appreciate it. If you can come down from heaven to here, walk it three and a half years as a man, live and let somebody beat you the way they did, spit on you and all this stuff, everything you suffered for me so I can have eternal life, at least I can do it. Get up in the morning and come in here and tell you, thank you. Oh, yeah. I know people can say, oh, yeah, I, I can stay at home and say thank you. That's fine. That's between you and your God. But if he had a state in heaven, you wouldn't be saved. Oh, I know that's right. If he didn't come down here and put on flesh and walk it out, you would have never been saved. I'm going to show you in the word of God that it's an awesome thing to be in the midst of the presence of God's people and still telling him thank you. Second, uh, I'm sorry. Second Timothy 1, and we're going to look at verse 8 and verse 9. Just two verses. We're on the screen. Just two verses. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, Paul said, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Watch the next verse. Who has saved us? Two times. God has saved us. Call us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which he given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, he saved us because of his grace. That same word grace is mercy. God had mercy on you. My God Almighty. See, I looked at my life. That many times I sat down and I went back through my life. And I began to see all the different times I should have been dead. See, I looked at this. I, look, I went right back through them. And I said, you know what? Only God could get me out of that. I went back to it. I went all the way back. I, went, I began to look back. And that's what you need to do. All them closed calls. But God did not let it happen to you. Come on. That's why you got to give him his praise. God didn't let it happen to you. 
other folk it happened to. But God did not let it happen to you. All right, let, let me, let's, 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 go, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to some, some, place, some places. Let's go to some places here. We're going to show you something. We're going to, we're going to start off in Matthew 17, 14. Let's go look at a couple in, the new, uh, in Jesus' ministry. Matthew. Let's see why they, how they got what God had for their life. Matthew 17, 14. See, things hadn't changed. Matthew 17, 14. People just know what to say. Matthew 17, 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, watch what he's saying, Lord, here it is. What did this man say? Have mercy on my son. Now this, this guy here, this guy here is praying for somebody. We praying for Floretta. See, you might not have gotten that yet. See, as a pastor, when I hear anybody in this church going through something, I, I, I'm burdened with that. And that burden would not be lifted until I get my report. Because every day, every time I think about her, I'm going to thank God for his mercy. So if I can learn, if I can get a handful of folk who will hook on with me, just like a train, and say, Pastor, every time I think about Floretta, I thank God for mercy for her life. See, you know, somebody, one of these days, you're going to need us to do this for you. I hope it don't happen. But verse number 15, watch what he said. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic. So we see him praying for somebody else. And he's sore vexed, Lord. Oftentimes, he fall into the fire. Oftentimes, he fall into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cure him. I need you to help me, Lord. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Glory to God, that's what we're doing right now. Then Jesus answered and said, uh, uh, verse number 18, he says, Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples of Jesus came apart and said, why couldn't we cast them out? Jesus answered and said to him, because of your unbelief. Verily I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove it hence into yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But how be it? This kind only cometh out by prayer and fasting. But the thing about it, he came out that same hour. Somebody say amen. amen. Lord, what did he do? Lord, have mercy on my son. Say, Lord. Have mercy on Floretta Tonnemsey. Yeah, that's who we're praying for right now. See, we got people that God bring them in your spirit. I'm not saying this only one, but that's what I'm praying for right now. And every chance I get, I want to be able to say, Lord, have mercy on Sister Floretta. Matthew chapter 20. Let's, let's go forward. We want to look at, at verse number 29. Matthew. Matthew. Chapter number 20. 
and verse number 29. Jesus is going to heal two blind men. See, remember, he healed more than one, blind men more than one time. Here, here there are two blind men. Watch, watch how they're going to get it done. And verse number 29. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside. Boy, I guarantee you they know how to get their stuff. They got in a location. Somebody said location first. Behold, two men were sitting by the wayside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out saying, Here he have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Wonder why they use the word thou son of David. I'm going to show you because when I get to it in the new covenant, it has to do with the sure mercies of David. See, mercy is sure. It's the sure mercy of David. Say grace. grace. It's the sure mercy of David. And that's the covenant you got. You're in a covenant where mercy is sure. Matter of fact, God told Israel when they needed to come boldly to the throne of grace so they could obtain mercy and find grace to help them in time of need or help when they needed it. So you got to understand this is the covenant you got with God is the sure mercies of David. See, David was an illustration of a man who supposed to have died. David was under the law. And yet David had a man killed under the law. And the law told him, if you take a man's life, you, had, you could lose your life. And then David had not, not just had the man killed, he had got, took the man's wife and got her pregnant. And then God sent a message to the David. Even told David, I'm not going to do this in your time. See, he got the sure mercy of David. See, you got to understand something. Grace means you, it should have happened to you, but God prolonged it. God really let you got away with it. All the stuff that you have done. Let me, let me talk to myself so y'all ain't real with me. All the stuff. I kind of call you my homeboy. All the stuff that God, I have done in God's sight. And God act like it never happened. And see, listen, I've seen other folk do what I did and died. I've seen folk do less than I did and died. And I look at my life once and I say, how did God let me live? You got you to gotta sit down. You can't figure it out. You just got to be able to understand he had mercy on you. Come on, you got to thank him. You got to thank him for letting you live. There are people who have had the same sickness you had, and they died. You had the same sickness, and you lived. When I started out, my, me and my sister, my sister over there, Sister Lily Mae Bowie, both of us were with her in a house fire. That's how I got this hand in this face. 
And they, I believe, because I believe I still remember, they kicked the door down, came and got us out of a house burning up, house burning down. Came, got us out. She was in the baby bed. I was hiding behind some plastic curtains. And God saved us. I ain't, I was no better, I was no better than nobody else. I was no better than nobody else. I have been driving to Chicago, and I was driving down the road to Chicago, and I looked out my window, and there was an a upside-down automobile coming right past me. It had turned over behind me somewhere and stayed in the lane beside me. Now, how in the world a car turnover going to stay in this lane and went right on by me? Listen, when you think about how good God has been to you and some thing God has gotten you out of, I guarantee you, you're going to break a sweat and you're going to begin to thank God for everything he has done. Somebody give him praise in this house. Here it is, Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. As they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed Jesus. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, thy son of David. The multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. Shut up. Hold your peace. Shut up. Hold your peace. They cried out saying, they kept on saying the more, have mercy on us, thy son of David. It's someone, somebody telling you to shut up, hold your peace, and you keep going saying, have mercy on us, thy son of David. And they keep telling you to shut up, shut up. Why don't you shut up? But it was too late now, the Lord heard them. Verse 32, the Bible said, Jesus stood still called them and said, what will ye? Blank check, blank check. I said, blank check. What will ye that I shall do to you? I mean, they could say, man, I want, you, I want to go to heaven right now. He asked them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, that our eyes may be open. We, we're not asking for no uh, million, two or three million dollar credit card. We just want our eyes open. We haven't found nobody else can open blind eyes. So we had to call on you, Lord. And the Bible says, so Jesus had compassion. That's mercy. He had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. What an awesome God. Come on, get it, Lord. Pray. Isn't that awesome? They know how God had opened their eyes. Isn't that something? Watch this. Let's go to Mark 10, 46. We got time for another one right quick. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Got to be brief. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The gospel of St. Mark. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And we talk about, here's another man called Blind Bartimaeus. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude of people, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tamils, Sat by the highway begging. That's where they sat. Because they know Jesus was coming that way. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that was Jesus, the Bible says he began to cry out. So when you begin to realize that Christ is your Lord and he's in your midst, he lives inside of you, you're going to begin to cry out. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. He began to call him, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. Hear the same thing. Always folk will tell you to be quiet and shut up. Stop calling Jesus. He's on his way somewhere now. Leave him alone. He got much work to do. He's too busy. Leave him alone. But this man kept on calling. He cried a great deal more. Thy son of David, have mercy on me. And watch what happened. Jesus stood still. And I believe that's how it is, whatever God's doing. And I believe when the children call him, he already told you that he hears the prayers of his children. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying, be of good cheer, man. He calls for you. He wants you to come to him. And the Bible said, and he casting away, casting away his garment, casting away his garment. Now, wait a minute. He got this garment because that's a blind man garment. If he don't keep this garment, nobody know he's blind no more. And the first thing he did was he took that old garment off and threw it aside. He said, I'm not going to ever have to wear this no more. Look at somebody and say, you're not going to ever have to wear it no more. You're not going to be a beggar no more. The Bible says he cast his garment away. He rose and he came to Jesus. And the Bible says he rose and said to him, here's again, what will thou that I should do for you? A blank check. The man didn't come up there and say, man, you know why I want both my houses paid for it. I want a million dollars in the bank. No, nah, he said, I just want to see. I just want to see. You got to know what you want from God. Come on, look at somebody and say, you got to know what you want. So you can't come up with all this procrastinating stuff. Tell God what you need. Jesus said to him, what, was, what wisdom did I would do for you? And this blind man said to him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Why? Because if he could see, he could believe, he could be saved. Under their dispensation, every man that saw him and believed, they received eternal life. Under that dispensation, everybody that would see Jesus and believe he's the Christ had eternal life. So that man asked for, Lord, that I may see. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And the Bible said, immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. Come on, let's get the Lord a big hand. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you all the way through God's word. People receive what they needed from God because they asked God for mercy. Come on, clap your hand. Give, give the Lord a great big hand. We're going to come with this camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1. See, you, go, you need mercy. And that's why God is called the God of mercies. He's the God of mercies. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you, you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. See? 
This mercy saved you. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. So you have to understand that our God saved you. 2,000 years ago, God saved you. And all God needs us to do today is receive what God has already done. Would you receive it today? Would you open up your heart today and receive God's mercy? Not going to cost you anything. Salvation is free. 2,000 years ago, Christ came and died for our sins. And he was buried in your grave and mine. And in three days and three nights, God raised him from the dead. And he justified my soul. Would you receive his salvation? Hey, please do that. And tell somebody what God has done for you. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.